to the Marcus Coat Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Coat. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast today, guys. Today I'm joined by Lockie Harris, who is assistant coach at St Kilda AFL Women's. It was an awesome chat. We spoke about women's footy, growing the game, where's it heading to, and then the season ahead. Enjoy the chat. Welcome to the Marcus Go Fitness Podcast, Lockie. How are you, mate? Thanks for having me on. No, nah, no worries. Good to be able to connect with you as well. Firstly, congratulations on your position at uh, St Kilda there. I know, obviously, you've definitely worked hard for it, so well done on that. I know, obviously, pre-season, I'm sure, is starting for you now. So, yeah, firstly, how are things going and, yeah, how's the team looking? Yeah, mate, uh, thanks a lot. And it's, it's a pretty hard decision to leave Port Melbourne, but, you know, really excited about what's uh, what's to come. Pre-season's been good. So, obviously, you know, new senior coach there in Nicky Del Santo, which has been awesome. And, you know, a few weeks in now, I think, you know, really just asking the girls for an honest effort and, you know, to give – they're all out there and yep. the group's really well connected uh, with each other. Now it's just about, you know, putting some, you know, ingrained details and stuff as we build up. So, yeah, good times ahead. Now that's awesome to hear. I definitely look forward to the season ahead. Yeah, I can't wait to be able to watch some of the AFLW in action there as well. I suppose just starting off, like your journey, obviously starting to where you are now. I know you're young and definitely done a lot of things as well. So, yeah, interesting coaching and, yeah, starting off where you come from yeah absolutely um kind of fortunate enough when i was 16 17 i approached work at afl queensland doing traineeship and you know that kind of really got us stuck into um the game development side of things obviously growing up playing junior footy and you know massive footy for myself but the coaching side of things really started there and you know andrew cadzo who was a regional manager at the time who involved a lot of the talent programs so a bit of a taste there but really the women's footy side of stuff really kicked off over in Perth, um, yeah. working at Hill Thunder. And uh, regional manager at the time, Lee Elder, was effectively 2013 putting together a submission to the AFL for an AFL women's licence for the Peel Thunderbirds. Now, this is even before the AFLW was, you know, even announced, talked about, you yeah. know, imagination in anyone's mind at that stage. So kind of got us intrigued in that and he kind of helped us out you know getting into you know, women's footy and doing stuff with the regional talent down there which took into doing state talent academies over in wa and wa flw teams with south Fremantle, and yeah back over to the eastern seaboard and you know a bit of stuff in queensland and then down to victoria I was lucky enough to land a role at collingwood as the head of development for women's yep. footy a bit of time throughout covid with you know, some state-linked programs in Williamstown and, and Port Melbourne and now off to, um, yeah, now off to St Kilda. So, yeah, it's been a bit of a journey and that's it in a nutshell, but there's a, probably a bit more to it than that. Yeah, that's awesome here. I know you obviously have been to a few different clubs. I'd love, love to touch on, I suppose, like your experience at different clubs there and I suppose in the VFL too. Is it similar, I suppose, programs to the AFL they're trying to work in at the moment? Yeah, and I think every club does it differently. And you know, yeah. I was fortunate enough, a really good friend and mentor of mine in, in Wayne Seekman, who was the first coach of Collingwood's team and doing a bit of, I guess, PD, you know, a few years ago when he was at Dandy Stingrays and then even when Collingwood was starting up their AFL and VFLW programs, yeah. being able to come in and sit and just see how they did it in their first year. And, you know, 
the VFLW in, in a lot of clubs' eyes, I guess it is for the purpose of the mechanism is a development arm of their AFLW program. But, you know, there's some clubs in, you know, Williamstown, Port Melbourne, um, even with the Richmond affiliation, you know, Darabin, the standalones, you know, they're, they're playing against the big boys or the big girls in that, in that sense and, you know, really holding their own. So, you know, that was one of the things that what I took out from Collingwood and our time there is a, a development arm for the AFLW program into how can we replicate a AFLW quality program at a VFLW level. Yeah. But then secondly, Marcus, around the, the ideology of, you know, why can't girls that are coming through community pathways play 10 years at state league level, at VFL level? Because I feel that was a bit of a gap in the market where, you know, you come into a VFL system for one, two years and then yeah. be spat out to the side. So that's something we were really trying to you know, create at Port Melbourne and hopefully it flows on. Yeah, definitely. I think you can see definitely now through the VFL programs and for these young girls to be able to get the opportunity to come through and then obviously go to the AFL level. But yeah, as, as you said before, through the state level of programs, I think if that keeps building, it's def- definitely awesome to see. And for the girls to be able to play longevity in their career, I think it's it's awesome to see. I suppose your time at Port Melbourne there, obviously the head coach there, like how was that for yourself? Like, did you want to take on the role? Yeah, how was your experience there? Yeah, you know, at the time when the role came up, I was working with Penny Pilarid over at Williamstown and then to a assistant coach role as well as continuous list manager and yeah. kind of popped up and had a bit of a chat with Glenn Barnforth, the footy manager, and you know, one thing came to another. And yeah, mate, it's it was an exciting opportunity and it was a you know an adventure to kind of you know create your own program from scratch and yeah. You know, really, you know, fortunate at the time where Richmond were looking to go another way with their program off the you know, COVID-effective year, yeah. where we were able to link in with them. But there's one of the things I really wanted to, I guess, have a little bit of an influence in that space where, as I said, you know, you create a program you know, at Port Melbourne where girls can play for the next 10, 15 yeah potential years of you know a Claire Diet who was our vice captain there this year, you know, Mel Kaiser who was our captain, you know, Kaiser's 33. You yeah. know, could she play for another three or four years? And she's already knocked off 50 VFL games, but why not get to 100 and yeah. be a, you know, for lack of a better term, a, a recognized, you know, legend of that footy club in the yeah. women's space. And then, you know, for these young girls that may not make AFL, but you know, continue to stay like a you know, in comparison to a Ben Jolly in the men's program who's, you know, played 250-plus games. So yeah. um, that's a doing. But then it was balancing, you know, taking my experience at Collingwood, balancing the uh, support mechanisms for Richmond yeah. um, and how we could get, you know, really good game time into girls like Laura McClellan, Sarah Cincinnati, um, Hannah McLaren. And, you know, our success at Port was going to be Richmond's success and Richmond's success at the AFL would be our success at Port. So, yeah. Unique situation, Marcus, but um, it was a challenging one. But, it was, yeah, the success we had in the first year of Quinnabasta, anything more? That, that's unreal to hear. And I think for yourself, obviously, being the head coach, I think it's awesome to see what you can put together in the programs, things that you want to bring in and draw, like, obviously, little tweaks that you probably would have done maybe better or things like that. But I think the experience and be able to learn off things that you want to, you want to bring in, as I said, you can take it over to now to the AFLW um, at St Kilda too. Yeah, and, and going back on that, it's funny you bring that up because, you know, even a few weeks ago, you know, I guess reflecting on, 
the time at Port, and they're 100%. Things would have done differently. We're really limited by time uh, in our first year. I think pointed at the end of November, our first training session was the 7th of December. We had 12 girls there. Yeah. So obviously that, for one thing, um, would have improved. But, you know, how we set things up, um, our connection between us and Richmond was really good, and you know, things can only go better. But, yeah, how you approach different situations, we really ask the girls – it's a big thing I've taken on that you know, growth mentality yeah. from a couple of previous people I worked with, but you know, stuff that I've stuffed up. And for first thing, first session, I said to the girls, "I'm human. I'm going to make mistakes yeah. um, as a coach and as a first time senior coach." And I said to the girls, "You're going to make mistakes, and I'm okay with that." But it's the opportunity about how we learn from that, and yeah. you know, there's things that I've taken into new roles that I've learned from, and us just ask the girls and the staff. The same thing. Yeah, that's it. And that's exactly spot on there. That, um, that's pretty much that answer there. I love it. And I think the same answer with my, my career too in the fitness industry with um, PT. Like, every, as I said, everyone's human and things that you stuff up, you think like kind of like go back and re- reassess and think that what would I have done better maybe in that situation and just kind of, I suppose, reflecting that feedback you kind of can give yourself at the same time too. Yeah, 100%. And we've really, you know, been heavy on feedback and, you know, even with the Richmond girls coming in last year, we really tried to go away from that in terms of you come through those gates at Northport, you're a, you're a Port Melbourne person. Yep. And there's times where we had to balance balance that and, you know, from my coaching end, but, you know, then how do we give feedback to our other coaches and yep. what feedback are they looking for and, you know, how to understand different people and yeah, how they respond I think is another big one that you know, is a learning thing for me yeah, someone might be really intently looking at you when you're trying to help and like they're angry yeah. and they don't agree with you but that's their facial I guess expressions and their understanding going on really intently listening yeah yeah you get to know those people so no it's and I think yeah, understanding people is probably the, the biggest key communication and um, building a relationship um, I'm definitely huge on too. And I, I know with yourself, I'm sure with the playing group for yourself and the coaching staff, I think it's just understanding each other a little bit as you, as you go ahead each time too. No, and I think, yeah, that was one of the things, I guess, Marcus, that, you know, really when I got presented the opportunity to go to St Kilda and, um, you know, I was having a conversation with a few of our leaders, a few of our, you know, other players, you know, I guess, it, you know, really girls like, I get it. I, I, it sucks, and yeah. we didn't want to lose you, but I get why you've gone there. Yeah. And even now, to you know, getting you know text messages throughout that time and calls from our the Port Melbourne listed girls, but also from yeah. the Richmond girls. You know, that's I guess one thing I could take out of that time, especially is you know the relationship building and how you do that to get the best out of individuals, but create that connection on another level is something that I felt that I've ticked off um, yeah. in a positive sense as well. No, that's it. And then I think, like, for life now, like, you've definitely got those connections with your players and that, and then you obviously always stay connected with them. And then, obviously, the memories that you have with them during your time there, I think, is pretty cool as well. Yeah, absolutely. One girl in particular, I won't share her name because she would get too embarrassed, but I'll just check in and I'll go, how you going? She's like, still sucks. And that's all she replied. <laughs> Don't get why leaving. Still sucks. And then that's, you know, three, four, five weeks later now. So, yeah. um yeah, she'll get over it in time. But. That's it. Um, I suppose next motivation, in, like women's footy for yourself, like, yeah, I'd lo- love to hear, like, your motivation in the women's program there. Yeah. I was reading this when you sent it through and, and kind of thinking around, you know, motivation coaching women's footy. 
to me, it's not necessarily I look at it as women's footy, but yeah. it's yeah, it's footy that happens to be the, the female aspect of it. And I think, you know, very quick side note, you know, competitions like the A-League, you know, they're rebranding, I guess, of their own leagues to the A-League men and A-League women. Kind of, I guess, will replicate a lot of mindset of a lot of women's football coaches in, in Australian rules as well, yeah. where, you know, I guess it's the connection piece and it's not as... Lack, I guess, lack of better term, sterile, uh, where some of the men's programs are at the moment, where you've still got that sense of community and connection, um, but there's that, that absolute level of professionalism. You know, the the time and commitment that you know, and I'll talk closely on Port Melbourne here, and, and even Williamstown, we were there. We, yeah, you know, these girls for not the majority don't get paid. And yeah. we were getting them for three, four sessions a week out of you know their passion and the, and the coaching side in you know women's football isn't you know huge as the payment side isn't huge as well but Mm. you know the passion to see these people being there for they want to improve themselves they want to you know have that sense of community have that sense of connection um is something that really i guess resonated with me um not that you don't get that the men's system but i think you know to a degree it's you know become sterilized in parts where you have it and then you kind of find that professional side kind of takes a bit more of the barrier way too much yeah, but you know, and I guess there's that absolute element of development, and you know, the game and the, the knowledge of the women's football base is is growing and growing. And there's some fantastic female coaches out there. I'll, you know, I think Mel Hickey's you know come out lately and is talking about how she wants clubs to take a leap, which I think absolutely. Emma Grant, really good mate of my, my own with Tom Collingwood and, and Dale Robinson, and these are. Yeah. you know leaders that are really astute football minds. And if you know there's some way in yeah, you know, Belinda Oosley, who was at Port Melbourne with us last year, she's coaching her own team next year at St. Bede's Mentone. If, you know, yeah. if I, as a coach, not as a male coach, but as a coach, if I can have an opportunity to develop more coaches that get an opportunity, fantastic. And if that's where we create, you know, I guess male allies of women's footy, fantastic. If we create yeah. coaches that are female, fantastic, even more so. So that's kind of, I guess, the motivation. It's about yeah. people, not about no, that's it. That's that's really cool. I love those answers there. And it's awesome to see so many females being able to get the opportunity in those coaching roles. I definitely hope it keeps keeps growing and yeah, they'll be able to um, have, have the same opportunity as uh, everyone as well. I suppose just going on from grow, growing the game, I said, yeah, where, where do you see women's footy at the moment? And yeah, where do you think it's going to head to as well? Yeah, I don't think there's a end point about where it can end. Yeah. Um, you know, where it is at the moment, I guess, you know, in a nutshell, we talk about the growth of, you know, AFLW season one through to, you know, going into season six now and yeah. the style of play, the understanding of the players is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, you know, some of these young girls that, you know, we have at, at the Saints, you know, really fortunate one of them in Ash Richards, you know, just knows where to go to find the footy where it would be you know, five years ago even, which sounds like a lifetime, but it's not that long ago. It was on speed and talent um, yeah. with raw skill. And, you know, a, a Renee Salutis, um, who's St Kilda with us, you know, off a step, will just laced out a target. Yeah, that skill level's gone through the roof, which is great. And now it's yeah. about, you know, how do we put that into a tactical sense? You've got some really good tactical minds, as I said, but it's now about blending those two levels together. Where it's going to head, I honestly and, and truly hope it's going to head to a point where the girls, not but you know, not only the players, the 
coaches, the support staff, you know, are afforded full-time opportunities. Yeah. Um, when is that going to happen? I think everyone hopes as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is, and, you know, there's that little virus thing circling, circulating around that's, you know, stop some economic um, growth opportunities. But the AFL has done a fantastic job in promoting that. Yeah. Um, that's where it should go. And you look at, you know, the leagues like the WNCL, WBBL, A-League women that are creating full-time opportunities uh, yeah. for these athletes. That's where I think we can go. Yeah. Don't ask me for the time frame on it because, <laughs> yeah, I don't know at this stage, but hopefully soon. And the game growing, yeah, I think, yeah, that's pretty well documented. You go down to any local footy club now and you look on social media every given year, it's, you know, we've got an outstanding, I guess, weight of numbers that are saying we want to have a women's team, let's get one on the park. And fortunate enough, my partner, she went down to the local club just for a kick with a friend and then... Yeah. You know, and she's involved at a high level. And then there, someone from the club was there and then she's become going and talking at the club and there's a mum comes up to her, you know, 40-something years of age, never played a game of footy and was yeah. telling her a story, the local food works, where she's kicked her first goal in her first ever game at the age of 40-something and the joy on her face was the same as a, you know, six-year-old Oz kicker playing their first yeah. game. So that's great to see in my books. Yeah, it definitely is. I think, yeah, knowing the game, I think it's definitely going to keep pushing. And, yeah, I'm, I hope it expands so much. And it's, it's awesome to see. So, yeah, credit to AFLW there and everyone that yeah, gets behind it because I know that it will be able to push longer too. And I, as I said about, like, June, I know, like, I think I see, like, as I said on social media, like, I think I nearly see most clubs will have a women's team in their program now. So it's, it's awesome to see. And then, yeah, as I said, it's just a great opportunity for girls that, to play and to enjoy the game and to, to build like friends and that way I think it's pretty cool to see as well. Absolutely I think probably in in your area markets there's a really great growth opportunity around education as well for female athletes you mm. know um, reading a news article yesterday or the day before I think a family of, of, of three sisters mother sister I can't remember the combination but all playing footy and all done ACLs yeah. And all currently on crutches. So, you know, that, and that's from non-contact injuries, change of direction injuries. But the resources that I think the, you know, strength and conditioning community can put into local footy as well around, yeah. you know, there's plenty of great research out there around, you know, female anatomy and what kind of connection does that have to ACL injuries and yeah. you know, prep like a pro, uh, you know, is one of the resources the AFL's put out. But how can strength and conditioning coaches and I hope not speaking out of school here with you mate but you know have that continued knowledge to support local community clubs yeah yeah creating yeah creating strength around female athletes so we're not having negative experiences if we get thrown if they get thrown out there on the paddock for the first time and it's just it's really sad to see some of the you know non-contact change of direction ACLs that happen yeah and it's a resource and issue as well at local clubs. I get that, but you know, yeah. more passionate people in the strength and conditioning community to yeah. support those clubs, I think, would be a um, a great opportunity. Yeah, definitely. And it's someone like as starting out, whether they're going through their uni or anything like that. I think it's like a great opportunity to get experience at these clubs at local levels. Like a great way to start to be able to understand again female athletes and the body and yeah, I said in the anatomy too. I think is um. It's pretty cool, and if yeah, I think for coaches out there, definitely um, you want you want that experience. And I even know, like I suppose in the like S and C words, um, 
it's like same again. I I probably don't see as many females maybe in in like at clubs kind of thing. So I, I'd definitely love to see more females out there, like as an SNC to those clubs too. I think is um would definitely hopefully get a lot more females out there as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's about that like you know notion of if I could see it, I can be it. And it's the yeah. same with any scope of work. And they talk about you know the. Fortune 500 companies, how many a percentage of female CEOs are out there? It's the same in industry, but yeah, yeah. You know, it's I know there's two, Shani Layton who used to be um, at Collingwood. Um, yeah. you know, I think she's just loving her life on Strava at the moment. She's running every day, but she's also <laughs> done her three, I believe, and yeah, and she's going into um, you know, that kind of sphere as well. To use her, exp- her professional experience in netball and football, but going on there and. Um, I know she's really loving the opportunity she's given through um, the strength and conditioning community. Yeah, now that's good to hear. I was just going to ask, so there's a few other, is there a couple of teams that have come in this season in the AFLW or? This, yeah. not this season, next season. Next season. What uh, ones were they? So the last the last four remaining ones will come in. So um, that'll be Hawthorne and Essendon, yeah. um, who have, you know, obviously been in the VFLW for a couple of years now and been, you know, awesome. Um, yeah. Essendon especially, I think, you know, what someone like Brendan Mage has been able to do at that club who are effectively a standalone club and like yeah. Port, Willie and, and Darabin, you know, they don't have the streamline of AFLW talent coming in. Yeah. But he's really grown that locally and they'll be really well established. And you know, Alana Barber has gone to Gold Coast this year. Yeah. Georgian Nens Garwin's won the Lambert Pierce medal as a BNF for the comp. So they've got a really good base. Yeah. Hawthorne, you know, well publicized. Bet Goddard has gone in there in a full female coaching panel. Yep. They're working through some academy stuff, I believe, at the moment. So, you know, they've got that whole, that bit of that southeast corridor, you know, alongside Casey there. Yeah. And then you've got Sydney and Port Adelaide. So, you know, to fight, to compete with the Giants and, and the Crows. And, you know, the Crows have been a powerhouse of um, the AFLW since its inception. And I think that first, you know, opportunity for a you know, AFLW showdown would be something I'd, I'd really like to go to yeah. myself. Bit of connection in that sphere, but you know, to see that would be great, and see you know, does someone like an Aaron Phillips, yeah. um, whose dad is a a legend of the Port Adelaide Football Club, yeah, and Greg, she, you know, flip to you know, yeah. cross to rivals, does she have some kind of role in yeah. playing or coaching or administration, and and then up in um in New South Wales, you know, what does Sydney, who have had a really strong connection yeah. with the whole state and also had a really strong um, female academy over the last couple of years, what do they do? Yeah. Which is, I think, another step to what you said around where's the game going. You know, finally we've got a full 18-team competition. Yeah. Yeah, where does that go? Summer, winter, double-headers, yeah. possibly losing but let's, you know, it's, these girls are just as elite as the men in what they do. Definitely, that's incredible to see. Yeah, look forward to seeing them all come in next season too. It would be, be awesome to see. Next one, I just want to touch on, I suppose, your position now, um, at St Kilda. How has the team, I know you've spoken about before, but yeah, how is the team yeah. looking? And yeah, just love to hear your position there. Yeah, so I'm um, taking on assistant coach role. So Nick Del Santo, obviously, it's the head coach coming in, it's, you know, fantastic. fantastic relationship builder and a, a people connector, what we've been able to do so far with him. Has been awesome. Paddy Hill, who coached Hawthorne, VFLW to a flag, and he's been there last year. He looks after our development and our strategy, which is yep. great. Um, and then we've got three assistant coaches, myself, looking out for forwards, 
Dave Carden, um, who used to be at Danny Stingrays in Hawthorne, and he's been at the Saints for a year or so now, yep. doing the backs. And then Alex Woodward. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, so played at Hawthorne and then, you know, captain Collingwood's VFL and, yep. you know, five ACLs. Yeah. Um, he comes to look after our mids. I think, you know, his ability to connect with the players, you know, and having that elite mindset and those little, I guess, subtle variations of what you do in terms of midfield stoppages and stuff, that'd be great. And then externally to or internally to that outside of that main, we've got uh, Mason Wood from the men's program coming in doing some stuff. Dale Robinson's our VFLW um, coach uh, yeah. for the Southern Saints. And she comes and does some development work. And um, Nikki Callanan, who used to play at the Dogs, she's our player well-being mentor and um, a development coach as well. And her connection with the group is really invaluable. So we've got a really good mix. My role, pretty self-explanatory, look after the forwards, create scoring opportunities, create pressure in our front half. Yeah. Um, but it's around connecting into the rest of the strategy and you know, hopefully leaving these girls with a bit of education around forward craft and um, yeah. yeah, kick some snags, mate. At the end of the day, will hopefully be our end result. Definitely. No, that's awesome. Yeah, it looks like Sam Yen got a, um, an awesome coaching panel. So I'm sure you'll definitely learn off, off each other too as well, which is um, which is cool to see. And I suppose when when do pre-season games start at the moment? We're in pre-season, oh, I guess, mode. Yeah, do you play any games or not? Or? Not games. This is not games yet. You know, probably looking at schedules of round one of the AFLW's um, slated for the first weekend of January, January yeah. 5, 6, around that. So we'll have, you know, cracky games throughout throughout December. Um, dates all TBC. Fantastic to see some of the restrictions lifting in Victoria at the moment. Yeah. Um, we should be able to hopefully get some people out to those and see them as well. And, yeah, yeah a little break over Christmas in there somewhere. Um, people get to spend some time with family. But, yeah, we'll go December, kind of yeah. start getting to some match team stuff. Yeah, no, it's awesome to hear. Last question I just want to touch on um, before we wrap it up. I suppose physical preparation, I know you spoke a little bit about before, but how do you how important do you think it is for athletes um, in their game as well? Yeah, massive. Can't emphasise it enough and, you know, talk about physical in a holistic sense, the the opportunities that some of these girls and the girls at a community or a VFLW level that haven't, I guess, for lack of a better term, played the game or played yeah. a game, um, whether that be soccer, netball from a young age. Um, you know, there's great growth there, but you've also got to, I guess, build out some, you know, lack of a better term, poor habits that some of these athletes might have. So you've got a real opportunity to mould these athletes um, into something that can really, you know, grow fast and grow quickly in terms of their physical performance. Um, uh, The education around proper body movement, I know that's a conversation we have a lot with our S&C staff about, you know, it's one thing to say go and do deadlifts or squats or whatever, but if the girls aren't doing them properly, they're actually, you know, damaging themselves rather than helping themselves. So getting getting used to that biomechanical movement of players, um, the core strength and, you know, the education around what does, you know, good physical preparation look like for girls. It's not just, you know, use the term beach weights, but it's about that core, those, you know, intrinsic deep muscles and, you know, really good lower leg strength. We've spoken about the ACL stuff already, but the education for that, and I guess the physical part of it that I'm really strong on in in whether that, you know, comes into this sphere as well is that mental space. Um, You know, how we're doing mentally and we talk about, you know, happy footballers are good footballers. And if you can help that 
mentality and growth mindset and positive behavior and well-being and then linking that into what we do from a physical point of view yeah. will allow to help us be the best version of ourselves on the field um, yeah. as well as off it but yeah. I think it's a good opportunity for um, SNC and well-being and high-performance staff to impact that area to help everyone. Yeah, that's definitely, um, I, lo- I love those answers. I think that's definitely right. And I know I, that's awesome you spoke about that mental health side and the well-being side of it too. I, I don't think many people, I suppose, look into that side as well, where I, I think it's yeah, definitely a part of that physical preparation, coming in, how they're feeling after games, seeing what they're like. I know that I'm sure some of them will juggle different jobs at the same time too. So I think it's just making sure they're ready and, uh, as I said, being prepared, I suppose. But yeah, I as I said, physical preparation is, is massive for me too with clients and that, but I don't think I probably know an SNC that doesn't think that it is um it is uh, not worthy in the program too. So it's um it's definitely a, a great uh, part of it as well. And, and you mentioned it before and you know talk about that, but that connection. And I think you know this can go from you know a sport football coach to a personal trainer mm. to a manager at your workplace about getting that connection with the person you're working with and understanding, you know, that's something I've really tried to learn and do over the time is sit down with our players or, yeah. you know, people you're working with and, all right, Marcus, what drives you? What what does your life look like? Are you What do you do for work? Have you got kids? Are your family in Victoria? How are they travelling? You know, yeah. if you talk about Victoria right now where we are, there's yeah. a bit going on or, you know, How's life up in a remote community that you, you know you've been in Darwin? You know what's going yeah. on in your life? Yeah. And then you go, oh, listen, this kind of this thing's been a bit crap. Go, okay, well, let's talk through that first. And I might not be qualified to tell you what to go and do, but if you can yeah. just get off your chest, yeah. And then let's get into everything else around training yeah. or sport or work. It's going to help those people be able to connect and then be clear around what their role is and what their task is that day. Definitely right there. And I know I know I speak on like even with clients, I think it's just that checking in after the sessions and stuff. But even like I suppose just the body language too, when when players do come in, maybe at the gym where you've got a you've got an on-field session, you might look at someone or oh, they don't look like look a bit tired, or um, that's I suppose when you check in, like how you feel, and then they might say, Oh, actually, I'm not not too feeling too good. And then it's just yeah, mm-hmm. I think just adjusting those little things for the session too to be able to make sure they're make sure they're right and not overdo them at the same time. Yeah, no, absolutely, mate. I, I think there's, you know, there's opportunities out there where, you know, we talk about, you know, well-being apps and all that kind of stuff. And it might not be, not saying we should be taking the role of a psychiatrist or a psychologist, absolutely not. If we're not trained in that space, shouldn't be trying to, you know, replicate that if you're not qualified. But, you know, that conversation to encourage someone to, to seek, seek some additional support and yeah. that might be from a personal trainer point of view, go, listen, you know, we've been doing this, how's your eating, you know, or how's your sleep or what's going on here, you know, can I point you in a direction of someone I might know yeah. um, with a holistical approach. Yeah, no, that's definitely right there. That's awesome to hear. Thank you so much for your time today, Lockie. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, it's been an awesome chat no, mate, really appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. Hopefully we can uh, you know, get you down to a few games throughout the year and um, go from there. But, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, keep, um, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I definitely love that as well. And Yeah, no, good luck for the season ahead. I know you guys will do great. It'll be awesome to be able to watch watch the Saints uh, win, win the flag at the end of the season. Oh, mate, it's a continual growth and learning opportunity for us. And, um, yeah, hopefully we can win uh, St Kilda's uh, second flag ever um, within the club. So we'll... Uh, Keep building it and keep marching on. But um, yeah, go Saints.
that's it. Thanks. Thanks, Lockie. I know you guys are going to get lots out of today's episode. Um, been an awesome chat. So can't wait to share it with you guys. And we'll see you in the next episode. Enjoy the rest of your day.